0: they're standing and they're applauding that dramatic performance by James Torvald and Christopher Dean.
1: Alex Philadelphia. Uh-huh. it takes a lot to make him happy and he is clearly pleased. She's up, she's moving nicely, she's got it, Yes, has it, stable, 132.67, has won at least the medal, she's 0.24 up, Yuki On the ice for the Gimlo, the Gimlo scoping, <laughs> <laughs> CJ
0: these golden games have their crowning moments it is off the podium an olympics podcast coming to you once again today for an interview we are so excited for today's guest emma friedman who of course is a Bit of a household name in australia particularly if you are into sports and i'm assuming if you are into sports that's why you're listening to this show she's been seen on screens on channel 10 on channel 9 and of course channel 7 as a recent host during both the tokyo and beijing olympics and during beijing performed a great duo alongside australian sprinting icon matt shervington hosted the afternoon shift daily and uh, had let's say the best chemistry i'm just i'm not probably meant to say that but i'm saying right now they have the best chemistry of any hosting pair on channel 7 but it was it was a fantastic chat that i have here with emma learning about how she got involved in the Olympics coverage and it's a fun little story particularly ahead of Tokyo how it all sort of fell into place and how it all came about and then a time during Beijing working with Matt even here talking about her time growing up watching the Olympics her memories of watching the Sydney Olympics back in the year 2000 and her passion for the Olympics and then how that is brought into her coverage during both Beijing and Tokyo. This is a great chat you're going to learn a lot from Emma here so sit back and relax and listen to our chat with Australian broadcaster Emma Friedman. (laughs) Pumped to be able to welcome our next guest here to Off The Podium, one of Australia's favourite broadcasters. You know her from radio, TV, everything else in between, Dancing With The Stars, but most importantly for this show, you know her as a host recently on Channel 7 during their Tokyo and Beijing Olympics coverage, and we're here to learn a little bit more about her time involved in that and everything else in between. It's a pleasure to welcome to Off The Podium, the one and the only Emma Friedman. Emma, first of all, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure Hello, to have Matt. you
1: it's great Welcome. to be with you. Haven't seen you since uh, we worked on the Beijing Olympics together, but um, yes, yeah, it was a wild time. Had a great time, um, and yeah, my first two Olympics. Hoping that there's many more to come.
0: It's exciting to be able to do this because that was basically a couple of months. How's that been? A few months now, Emma. Like it's it's crazy to think how quickly that has gone by and that we are now sort of uh, approaching, I mean, a Commonwealth games sort of, you know, kind of one thing to the other, but uh, it's a wild ride that it goes by that quickly.
1: Yeah. It is funny as well. Like I was speaking to someone the other day, like how lucky are we to have not only as sports fans, but um, as broadcasters and, you know, working in broadcast, but also the athletes around the world to have had a winter Olympics, a summer Olympics and a Commonwealth games all within one calendar year. Like it's a, that's never going to happen again um it's a crazy thing to have experienced and it does feel like you know now in the middle of or well, nearly in the middle of 2022 a summer olympics is really only like you know 22 Two months away, away again. like it's yeah. not like that far away again so um growing up i you know i loved I loved everything Olympics and um, I didn't get to the Sydney Olympics when I was um, younger. I was living in Melbourne with my family at the time. Um, Would have loved to have, but um, that's the Olympics I probably remember the most as a kid, Um, obviously Kathy Freeman, but the other big one for me was Marion Jones and it's probably, you know, a bit weird to talk about now, but back (laughs) in the day, you know, her winning that hundred metres was like, I thought it was the most amazing thing in the history of sport. It's amazing how times can change.
0: Yeah, well, because that was the whole push, wasn't it, for five gold, wasn't it? Because she was in yeah. five events, and I think she ended up getting three of them, didn't she? I mean, she doesn't have them now, of course, but uh, I mean, at the time, it was, I remember all the hype and publicity around her. That was huge.
1: Yeah, and I was only 12 years old, and I I bought into all the hype. I loved it. Um, I thought she was, you know, she was quite outspoken, she was quite brash, and, you know, she was her own person, which I always love with athletes, I, I, you know, you've got to be yourself, and... Um, you know, there's some athletes who are, are naturally um, quieter and and meeker personalities, but she was this big, bold personality. And I don't think I'd seen too many women in that sphere behave like that before. And um, yeah, I definitely bought into the hype. And that 100 metres I think was, you know, the the crowning glory of her campaign. Um yeah. But as, you know, as we talk about now, I mean, she doesn't have the many so books. No. No.
0: Kind of uh, given to other people who maybe <laughs> yeah, finished behind yeah. her and everything on those. I also remember too because it's it's interesting just on Sydney to think about what we've had in athletics since you know obviously on the men's side of things the same bolt has dominated 100 meters but i remember even the hyper and Maurice green and everything yes. that kind of came from that and then michael johnson of course as well like this is pre same bolt imagine remember those days but i mean even pre-michael phelps when you think about thorpe and then peter van and Hoogenband, who was born at those olympics inga de bruin in the in the women's swim like it was those i mean you're obviously just one year younger than me because i was 13 during those olympics but i, I bought into everything with all those athletes that we were learning back then in Australia, weren't we?
1: Yeah. And I remember one of the other times around that uh, period was um, El Garouge, the, um, yeah. the, the the middle distance runner. Like I was a big fan of his as well. And I remember going to um, back then it was Melbourne Park, I think. So where like Amy Park is now. Yep. And um, we must've had goodness. I must, I should have looked into this, but was it a, it was it a, some kind of championships. I don't think it was a, it wasn't a world. I mean, it must've been an Australian championships or something. And he was there to compete and we went along to watch him run in the 1500 meters. I remember. And I just like, was in awe of, you know, all these, I guess these athletes from around the world. And that's one of the great things about the Olympics as well as when you're younger, it exposes you to different corners of the world via athletes that you might not have thought about. I think he's Moroccan
0: yeah he so, is yeah, yeah he, from yeah. Morocco. yeah
1: and like that you know when you're 12 years old you're like you haven't heard much about Morocco you don't really yeah. know much but when you then you you know follow him and follow his journey and how successful he was and then you end up getting you know diving into their culture and other great athletes from those corners of the globe so yeah, you're right it was a real golden period for the Olympics um the Dutch dominating the swimming, as you mentioned. I, I do remember that really cleanly. And then um, you know, Thorpey as well. And yeah, um, you know, having Thorpey on the the Channel Seven coverage now like was so crazy to think that he was winning those gold medals like twenty-two years ago. Like how how on yeah. earth was that 22 years ago? <laughs> exactly.
0: And he's only a couple of years older than us, Emma, too. Like when I mean, he was doing that at 16, right? Like,
1: What <laughs> were are we doing?
0: Exactly, sitting there. I'm sitting at sitting home, there.
1: like, wide-eyed, like, this is the most amazing yeah. <laughs> thing. I have no athletic prowess <laughs> at all.
0: <laughs> it's crazy. Which, I mean, so on that, like, obviously remembering Sydney, but, I mean, you come from a sporting family, so you're obviously around sport. But, like, were the Olympics kind of... that that jewel every four years or even every two years if you were watching the winters as well. I mean, was this the thing you always looked forward to?
1: Yeah, I did really look forward to them. I think I probably first, like, acknowledged the the greatness of the Olympics in 96. So Atlanta, I was eight. Uh, And then it was Sydney, which is the same for so many Australian kids of our generation that really, you know, took your breath away and um, inspired you as just like, you know, a, a kid in year seven athletics or whatever it was that you were competing in at the time um and then beyond that it probably during high school yeah it kind of rolled around every four years as it did for everyone else I loved watching the Australian Open as a kid um I really being from Melbourne um you know you get a ground pass and go watch some of the the greatest um on the, the on the show courts on the outside courts obviously with my family history the Melbourne Cup and all of the great racing carnivals that we've got in Australia as well. Uh, the Winter Olympics probably took me a little bit longer. I didn't ski until I was in um, high school, uh, but then I did really take hold of it. I also um, weirdly dated a professional skier for six or seven years. and Wow.
0: Um,
1: yeah, yeah. So um, he introduced me to more of the the freestyle events and, you know, it. I, I was – really mesmerized about, It wasn't you know, Dale
0: Big Smith was it Emma? No, like, it wasn't know. he wasn't a mogul scam because <laughs> you, go, okay, you gotta no, get no, me excited no, no. there. You gotta connect <laughs> to the Dale. You could hook no, no, us up.
1: No. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Um he is now he's a cameraman as well. So um he uh yeah exposed me to big air events and um more of those freestyle events which um now are so huge. You know, we've just had the Beijing Winter Games and you know, they're the highlights for everyone, you know, Scotty James in the half pipe or, um, you know, so many of those those girls in, in the big air, Tess Cody, you know, she did so yeah. well in all of her events. Um, so, yeah, I think it took me a little bit longer to get into the the Winter Games and I think that's partially due to the fact that the Winter Games have evolved so much in the last decade or so. It's not just now alpine skiing and and your moguls and, you um, you know, the um, aerial skiing and things like that that have been there for a long time and have a very devout traditional following. It's now bringing a new audience to these snow sports.
0: And it's, we've talked a lot about it on the show too. It's even just the coverage in a country like Australia. Like obviously we have sort of a co-Canadian-Australian production and Canada it's obviously a little bit different because they're all about the winters, not so much about the yeah. summers. But, I mean, I remember sort of growing up watching Nagano and kind of that was a pretty put-together coverage. But then Salt Lake came about and that was even more. And then every winters that basically was broadcast in Australia got more and more and that really came with... Success, so it's also a lot more accessible now for us to be able to mm. watch the Winter Olympics than it was twenty years ago.
1: And I wonder if that's also helped so many of our young athletes become as good as they are. So, say someone like Tess Cody, who's is Tess twenty twenty one. Yeah, you know, she probably at the age of ten, we know that she was snowboarding and she was, um, she loved it and she was, you know, a little, little park rat and she was stoked on life, but. I wonder if partially, obviously, it has a lot to do with athlete talent and development and the facilities available to you and coaching if, if your parents can travel you around the world and get involved with competitions and camps. But I do sometimes sit back and wonder going, do the is the coverage that we're part of and we help bring to air and, um, you know, the, the lounge rooms of everyone at home, does that help inspire, you know, young groms to get out there and, and give things a go. Like I certainly know that, you know, in 2000 after that Marion Jones 100 metres, I was at athletics the next like – Week trying to do my best, trying to break that twelve second mark.
0: I'm not doing everything, Marion did, Emma. I hope you know, yeah, you know, no. going to the extent she did. Uh. I, I
1: couldn't run a strong four hundred like Kathy, so <laughs> I, I had to go with my one and my two hundreds um, when I was doing school athletics. But you know, I do wonder if, like the coverage and how um, how amazing and how enthralling it is, um, and the technology that we use nowadays, and how many different angles we can get in the half pipe or whatever it is, if that does help inspire a new generation to get involved with whatever sport they they choose to do because even looking ahead to these commonwealth games coming up like our swim team holy moly it is extraordinary and we had such a great campaign in tokyo and like heading into the Com games it's going to be like off the charts yeah. and that just can't be because oh this group of this group of athletes of you know they're what you know they've been um I know they've got great coaches. That's definitely got to be a huge part of it. But I wonder if it's, you know, one or two go, oh, you know what, I really want to give this a go after enthralling themselves in the Olympics.
0: Yeah, and particularly when America's not there so we can win like triple Correct. the medals rather I mean, helps, than the uh, <laughs> the other one too. Which, I mean, talking about the inspiration, I always love hearing from people sort of on the other side of the camera, or like in front of the camera rather than the athletes, I mean. It's growing up sort of, I guess, deciding you want to do media do you watch say the olympics as a kid and and look at someone like Joanna Griggs or you know Bruce McEvaney or these people sort of who are you're watching going like hey that's what I want to do you know as much as you're looking at Marion Jones going I want to run fast when you've got that media switch going do you kind of take a closer eye on those sort of people
1: you're just bang on, Ben. Like that is a hundred percent. Like I used to watch Grigsy when you know this is 20 years ago, and she'd hate me saying this, and I'm like twelve <laughs> years old. <And> <laughs> She's worked all with right. Her. <laughs> like oh, I love I loved Grigsy when I was younger and now I just worked with her. And the same with Bruce. Like, I mean, Bruce is the guru, he's the god. And like I get to work with Bruce every Saturday at the moment. Like what is my life now? Um,
0: You're making me more envious of you more and more. Yeah. I, I I missed out on the two times Bruce showed up in Beijing. I was in COVID or I got sent back to Hobart. So I never yeah. got to meet him. So, Oh, yeah. my
1: gosh, he's the most lovely man and so well-prepared and, you know, well-studied. I think everyone who follows sport knows that, that you know, bruce doesn't just say things he researches and he thinks about them a lot and um that's why he in my mind is perfection when it comes to sports broadcasting but you're right like you sit there for me going i love sports so much and i want to be involved i know i don't have the talent to to swim or to run or to play hockey or to play netball whatever it is like i was at school pretty good okay at most sports but not like to the point where i was going to national championships so you go okay what's next best do i get into athlete management which is some, something that still interests me in a weird way do i get into administration do i get into media and because i can talk the leg off a chair that was where i'm <laughs> naturally headed but yeah definitely Griggsy and, and bruce as forms of inspiration for me and i feel very lucky that i still look up to them don't get me wrong like I still have so much that I want to work on and want to do in my own craft and the inspirations to be able to do that are Grigsey <laughs> and Bruce and like a whole, and most of the people we work with at Channel 7, like Hamish McLaughlin, Richo, who I've yeah. known for a long time, but Richo is just an absolute superstar I, and a yeah. hoot as well, but he's so good at what he does. Um you know, there's so many. And I get to work with Matt Shervington. Like, what, the, what is going on? Like, it's, I'm working with Shervo. What?
0: <laughs> it's so funny when, when you were talking about that that meet before sort of, I remember, in, I, I didn't actually get a chance to tell this story to him when I was there, but I was 2002 when they used to have the, the little tour that went around Australia with the athletics in the summer, going along to that meet and he was competing, Kathy was there, like all the golden names of that period were there. And I remember going up, they did the autograph session, getting Shervo's autograph. Oh, great. And I was with my grandma and she's like, Ben, I love him so much. Like, please. like." And I'm like, oh, come up with me now. No, I'm too nervous. Go and sign this for me. So, like, I had to go up and get a second autograph. And I think he, like, remembers, like, hey, you already got an autograph. Like, this is for my nan. Do you mind? <laughs> um, but it was like, you know, such because, you know, there's Matt Shervington, you know, mm. everyone knows that. And then, yeah, I, I, I remember meeting him when I was there at Channel 7 because Joe's giving me the tour. And all yeah. of a sudden, everyone's wearing face masks. Of course, yeah. so all of a sudden, it's like, oh, this is. And I'm not good at remembering names. I'm just like, oh, that was sure. So when all of a sudden yeah. it's like, oh, Ben, this is Matt. And I'm just kind of like, oh, hello. I'm like, oh, fuck, it's Matt Sherbin. Like, How you know, yeah. like it kind of took me two seconds to realise. I'm like, this is an interesting experience. But he's he's a great. He's amazing. He is hilarious and just he's great amazing. and everything.
1: And I hadn't. I'd met him before working on uh, Beijing. And um, you know, when I got the call saying, oh do you want to be part of the Beijing Olympics? I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. And they're like, yeah, you're going to be co-hosting with Matt Shervington. I'm like, are you absolutely kidding yourself? <laughs> Anyways, then when we got to um, rehearsals and, um, you know, that research period before we're on air and with the Winter Olympics, it's not really like, it's not a two-week Olympics. It's a three-and-a-half-week Olympics, let's be honest, because events at like day minus five, like what is yep. that about? Anyways. Yeah. um, And I didn't know what to expect because I feel that, you know, Matt as an athlete would be like very, um, super like driven and focused and drilled down in his work. And he is, but he's also fucking hilarious. And we had so much fun and it was a really joyous surprise to find out this other side of Shervo's personality. Um, and as a result, yeah, we had a, we had a really fun two and a half weeks and, um, you know, afterwards we'd get people going, you two, what are you two, like how many coffees you had? And you're like a few, <laughs> a few coffees. Um, but we were bouncing off the walls and most of that was due to the fact that we just loved watching every single athlete and every single event. And we felt truly invested in cheering on our Aussies in Beijing um You know, you'd wake up in the morning going, oh, my God, it's Scotty James Day or, oh,
0: my God,
1: it's Tess Cody Day or, you know, whatever it was. And, yeah, it just was a great joy, great joy.
0: You did some, I think it was a bit of competitiveness going on there about who would be on air when the medals are being won, right? So you, you had, were you the, you were Tess Cody, weren't you, that were on air? We take that.
1: Yeah, yeah, you, we take yeah. that. I think you okay. were technically, Joe, Grigsey was technically on air. Like our shift was um, like around two till seven around yeah. that time. yeah, And, um, you know, we were a lot of heats and um, prelims and, you know, not a lot of finals at that time of the day, but when we got, like we had Tess Cody on air with us on uh, when she returned from Beijing.
0: I was sitting in my mount. I was sitting in my bedroom Where back I in Hobart, yeah. sad because I'm like I should you know I, I'd been sent home the night before Emma and I'm like damn it why does all the good shit happen when I go?
1: <laughs> and she was just magnificent. She was everything that you hope. A young. Did she know that the Richmond team. guys were
0: there? Like when you had the because like she seemed genuinely surprised, like on air when like you brought out the the who well, I can not remember no. who it was from Richmond.
1: <laughs> she's a she's a goose. So um one of our other uh hosts on the Olympic coverage, Abby Jelmy, her boyfriend um Kane plays for Richmond. And right we wanted to get Kane in to do what he did, which was um, you know, present uh test with a, a Guernsey and a membership and whatever it was and say, you know, we'd love to see you down at Richmond um, in the in the future. And so we introduced her to him before going on air and she knew who he was. She was like, oh, okay, <laughs> like, how are you? La, la, la. And then when she, when he came on air to like do the presentation, she was genuinely shocked. It's like, like, well, what's going on in your Tess? Because
0: It legitimately seems like it was like all like a spur of the moment surprise. Like she had no idea. So okay, wow. <laughs>
1: she was um she was just so like and I'm using a test ism like she was stoked to be there. <laughs> yeah. And she she was so happy and so gracious to share her experiences and her medal, her bronze medal from Beijing and everything that she went through. You know, she ended up snowboarding over there with like a broken leg pretty much. Um, and you got that no exclusive,
0: one, didn't you? Because I think no one knew that until she revealed that No one that knew then.
1: until yeah. on air she, you know, she, we knew she'd had a had a stack and we thought she might have, you know, her knee might have been a bit bruised or her ankle might have been a bit, you know, iffy, but she hasn't had a break. Like it wasn't a serious, um, you know, fracture in her leg. It was a tiny, tiny, tiny little bit. And that's why she says, oh, no, it wasn't really a break because she hasn't had any time off to heal it. Like she's back. Touring around the world, but yeah, that was a crazy, like a crazy story. Like if I stub my toe, I'm like, I got to go for a run.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I I can't even stay upright on skis, let alone do it with like half a freaking foot or whatever it was. But um, yeah, because yeah, so. Yeah, because Scotty James, that was – Joe was on air for Scotty because that was, I think, when I was out with COVID, so I don't count that as one for, you know, I'm being selfish (laughs) and saying, well, I wasn't there for that. Um, But because I remember Tess, like, was a start maybe on with Joe because I definitely remember being in the lunchroom watching her win that. Um, so I feel that, like, maybe it started with us on air, but you were on air yeah. when she won won it. So is that a half-and-half half one there then who gets yeah, the medal? Yeah, yeah, we that? can <laughs>
1: – yeah, that's a half-half because if Joe threw to it and then we picked up, that's a half-half. So we got yeah. half a bronze medal in our shift,
0: I think. That, that And then, then Hamish and Abby both got Jakara. Well, actually, no, it was Baz and, and Georgie got Jakara because that was at uh, 1 in the morning. But they got uh, – yeah. I'm sorry, not Jakara, sorry, Jackie, and they got Jakara because that was at night. So yeah. it's got spread out pretty much with everyone then, but- Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, it did. And, um, it didn't matter that, you know, if you didn't get a medal in your shift, because we were often looking forward, especially in that first week with the moguls, you know, we were really looking forward to seeing that whole team, you know, eight, nine athletes do so well through the first few days. So we were there to build hype and, um, and also let viewers know as to what they could expect that evening. Um, someone like Jakara, like, could she have gone into that Olympics in better form? She was just yeah. on fire. And I think we all knew she would do something special that night. And as soon as she put down that final run in the super final, you go, that, like, just got, like, give her the gold. Like, let's just, we don't even need to look at the scores. We don't even need to look at the scores because that was, in my mind, pure perfection. But, you know, and then there was the heartbreak of Matt Graham and that was, that was devastating. Um for him coming into the the games, probably expected to medal, if not get that gold medal against Mikhail Kingsbury. But um, yeah, some things don't go to plan, do they?
0: No, sadly not. But and then you just think about all the other great stories outside of that, though, and the other heartbreaks. But like, I mean, God, how obsessed was Australia with curling in that first week? I mean, for God's sakes, I mean, had you even you went and thought did about it. You curling? You went and did it. Did, it? did yeah, you? you went to the yeah. ice house and
1: yep. and gave it yep. a whirl.
0: It's bloody hard. It's really it? hard. Yeah, it's harder than it looks. Um, so, yeah. So all the props to Dean and Tali. But I mean, I mean, at the time of recording this, they're currently in the in the world champs right now, doing okay. So it's kind of good to see that that sort of momentum's going on there with a bit of coverage for them. But um, it was just great to see. Like, I some of my best memories of working there were in between being on air, everybody literally watching and everyone yeah. became an expert, didn't they? Like, oh, well, I oh, wouldn't yeah. have put the stone there. No, that's bad move. What's going on, right? And But it was so enthralling, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> You're so right. Like, we'd be – often the matches – I think we had a couple in our shift, but, you know, they, they had three, I think, um, time, time periods for those games mm-hmm. throughout the day. So there was one in the morning, one in the afternoon, then maybe one in the evening and one at night. So, like, it was curling all day long. And I remember sitting in the office – and literally, like, you, you'd you see them, like, mid-game and everyone's just like, oh, what have you done? What have you done? <laughs> like, like because we know. Like, we have no idea that yeah. we've got so obsessed with it yep. over the period that you think in you, oh, God, she stuffed that no. one. That is just a disaster. Yeah, no, or, terrible. or when something yep. went right, we'd all be up cheering going, what are we doing <laughs> with our lives? That's it's the curly. beauty of the Olympics, isn't it?
0: Yeah, Like so I good. think some of
1: my friends before they were going, what's this curling about? Obviously because Tali and Dean were the first Australian pairing to ever make it um, into an Olympics. Um, people going, this is like, this is rubbish. And it's not. It's, <laughs> it's I really love the- not.
0: It's, it's so really not. entertaining. And I had
1: those same friends, Ben. Afterwards, going, "Oh my god, how good was the girl? And you go, yep. "Yeah, yeah, you come around, didn't you?" Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yep, <laughs> yep. And then in four years' time, when you know they're back there again, and like we're going to be expecting there to be like a men's team and a women's team men's outside. Team. Like we just, yeah. you know, bring bring that dedicated rink and everything along those lines. Just want to backtrack a little bit to just before Tokyo. Growing up, sort of going back to what we were saying before about watching the Olympics, looking at people like Greg Z and and Bruce and that sort of stuff, do, do you remember that moment when Channel 7 came to you and said, hey, Emma, we'd like you to be involved in Olympic coverage for, for Tokyo and what that was like?
1: Yeah, because it happened 10 days before the Olympics. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that so quick?
1: I'm, so I have two little kids and at the time, so this would have been June Last year, my little girl was not even one, she was eight months old, right? Wow. So I've got an eight-month-old and a two-year-old um, at this period. And I had been doing like little bits and pieces in racing, but obviously during COVID and having babies, I was kind of on a spell, so to speak. Like I wasn't working a huge amount because I, I couldn't. I had two very small children, but also COVID was a real, you know, dampener. So anyways, I don't know how the initial call came about, but I got a call from Nick Barrow, who is one of the best Olympic producers in the world. And um, I'd never met Nick, but we like chatted every now and then, I guess, you know, during my you know time working. And he goes, so I think, would you be keen to do an Olympics? And I'm like, what, the one in like two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, this is not a joke I go, I go are you absolutely kidding me He goes yeah 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 the one in two weeks We've had two because of COVID There was a lot of um, Toing and froing with staff Because they couldn't travel from Melbourne to Sydney or Sydney to Melbourne la 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 And I was not even on the radar He goes yeah it'd be hosting the 7-2 coverage Which was um, Or 7 mate coverage And so that's voice only But the shifts are like eight or nine hours long And you're watching every bit of like it's crazy it's the it's the hard job right it's the it's the for me that's the hard one like that's where you learn the most anyways yeah um there was a couple of poor people in melbourne who couldn't come up to sydney which is where we had to do that hosting because of the facilities available and luckily for me and very unluckily for them i was the only person in sydney who was available to do it anyway so this, this is i'm not kidding you it's like two weeks 10 days out and he goes right you're gonna have to cram you're just gonna to have to cram so I was in between my kids having naps and sleeping I was cramming for sports that I hadn't even looked at for like four you know four six years watching an Olympics um and then when I got there I'm going oh this is a disaster like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to do this like on a 10-day prep how you but Got it done, and then they asked me to come back for Beijing, so I must have done well, it. Well, obviously,
0: word I was going to say, like clearly, that you did an all right job. If they they're coming you back for, but late. yeah. So what? What I were got you the cramming? Pool ten
1: days what? out. Uh, ten like, days. So what do you choose to cram in those ten days? So a lot of it is um, formats of sports. So like how yep. um, sports progress. So whether they start off with pool matches, you know that kind of stuff, which. When you're a regular punter watching an Olympics, you kind of have a semi idea on, but you don't, you're not entrenched in it that you go, okay, so if they win this, then they go there and then they'll probably play that. You're not thinking about it that in depth. So that was one of them. The second was like, okay, so when it comes to swimming the first week, there's some people you know off the back of your, you know, it, right? They're they're stored in the back of your head, like the Campbell sisters or Emma McKeon, or um, you know, Our they're, they're titmers, just
0: people like yeah. that. Yeah.
1: But there's other ones like Zach Stubblety Cook, who you're like, <laughs> I don't really know much about Zach, right? But yeah. I know he's a he's a gun chance, um, going into these Olympics. So it was it was cramming um on athletes as well, uh, and then some of it was like, ve- like venue names and um, oh mate, it was just. Like, Nick and I laugh about it now because, like, who does an Olympics with, like, a 10-day prep? Like, yeah. It's absolute ludicrous. Like, we have had a big laugh about it. And then when it got to Beijing, I was like, this is a piece of piss. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've had, like, four months to, like, get myself really Olympic ready for this. You and, know
0: everything by then. You know all the oh, Dutch skaters and, the you know, the Norwegian biathletes. You're on it's top just of it a all. a
1: joke. And, like, now wow. going into the college games, I do have the same... You know, I know that I'm doing it, so I can look at it. And the beauty of that is that we've had a summer Olympics less than a year before, so there's a lot of carryover there, which will
0: help. (laughs) Did you take moments? Were you able to take moments in during Tokyo to kind of just stop and go? I'm working on an Olympics right now. Every day, after every day, no,
1: every day. So like my shift was on air five thirty to like two, I think. Like they're long. It's on air. You know, you'd have to be like. To your producer in the control room, hey, can I go to the? Can I quickly run to the toilet? Like thirty <laughs> seconds. Um, every day, like I would get up at you know four o'clock or four thirty, whatever it was, and I'd be like, oh my god, I'm working on Olympics today. This is the, yeah. this is so cool. And everyone talks about when you work on an Olympics, whether it be in broadcast or uh, you know whether you're working there in I know food and beverage, or whether you're working there on the gate doing ticketing, or you, whether you're working. I don't know, you know, driving the cars. My grandfather, who sadly is no longer with us, he was a volunteer bus driver at the Sydney Olympics. You know, the, one of those jobs.
0: Wow. Yeah. Um,
1: you. Everyone talks about the um, the dip that everyone goes through on about day seven, eight, nine, ten. Do you like we've all talked about it because you've put in so much energy and so much like of yourself into that job without a break for the first say ten days because as I mentioned, Olympics aren't two weeks; they're like three weeks yeah it gets to that day seven of the actual game seven to ten and everyone talks about this lull I didn't experience it because I was just every day
0: oh my god I get to work on an Olympics it's, <laughs> I'm it's, so it's lucky insane to be like pumped that way because it's it's it really like it's an adrenaline based thing but when I guess you are so invested in what you're doing and like this is something that you've grown up loving that it just it goes like that and did you then feel withdrawal once it's finished like fuck, what do I do now? The Olympics are over. I've got to wait yeah. now to Beijing. Like it's kind of a Post, weird thing.
1: The post-event depression, like I'm not joking about it, but, you know, after you go on holidays, like my husband and I always joke about the post-holiday depression, like you come back and you're like, mm, back
0: to yep. work. I was called I, Sal, Severe Olympic Withdrawal Syndrome. That's what yes, I've always called it, So That you, is yeah. true.
1: Oh, my God, I'm going to take that. Um, Please do. Yeah, I probably did a little bit, but then we were in um, – so what was that? We finished in August, was it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Then yeah.
1: I was into racing in two weeks. So I knew that I just had to get back on the horse and we were back into like full speed racing. And I was also working at Fox league at the time as well. Like that's actually the other crazy thing. So during the Olympics, cause I only, I wasn't signed with seven, like I was working at Fox league as well. So on a Sunday, so there's three Sundays during the Olympics, I would do the five, five thirty till two, two thirty shift on 7, I'd go home, have lunch, have a shower, go back into the same building in Sydney wow. and go and do a shift with Fox League on a Sunday night Jeez. till 10 p.m.
0: Wow. <laughs> hope you didn't get confused and, like, walk in there and start talking, you know, you're, like, in the recap of the, the Rabbitohs and the Sharks. And, yes, he did win a gold medal. I'm like, oh, shit, wrong, sorry, wrong thing. Like, <laughs> Oh,
1: like, I forgot about that. Yeah, I did do that. Christ, that's mental. Um, wow. Jeez. Yeah, so I... Just kept working. And uh yeah, I'm I love working and I love working with the great team that we have um on Seven Horse Racing and um Seven Olympics. Like I think I did a and then I did a bathurst like I was gonna say well, you did love,
0: Bathurst too, didn't yeah, you? So like it's kind yeah. of just ticking all the I boxes. I just love there. working and
1: I love hanging out with people and I love learning about athlete stories and pumping them up and building them up and you know, having a laugh with them and having a joke. So it doesn't feel like work to to me, and I'm very lucky because I know there's so many people in the world who, you know, they get up and there's the grind of going to work every day. And yes, there is a grind. Like, let's be honest, working some days, like on Tuesday this week, I worked like a sixteen-hour day, and it was like, hey, it's a travel, and it was crazy. But like, I got home, I was like, how good was that day? That was hectic, but that was such a great day. And yeah. I, that's a I, for me, working in what I do, and I, I think a lot of. I tried, you know, when I have conversations about work with my friends, they work in completely different industries. For me, it's like it's three things. It's work hard, have fun, be nice. Like They're the three things. Even Perfect if you're getting cranky. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a nice way to live because sometimes you get up and you're cranky and you're like, oh, God, this person's giving me the shits. They're not really giving you the shits. You're just tired. Like, mm,
0: that's or a good you're way just, of looking at it.
1: Like, Yeah. Or I there are some
0: people, the- though, let's be honest, they do give you the shits. Like, come on. Oh, yeah, some people do give me the shits. Couple, but
1: yeah. sometimes you just got to put them away. There's another great thing that I saw the other day. I don't know who said it, but I saw it the other day. If you're angry at less than three people, it's on them. If you're angry at more than three people, it's on you.
0: Oh, deep. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I've got to count like that in my head. P- Hang on a minute. Let me check. Um no, it's on like, me. Uh clearly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but you get what <laughs> I mean? Like if, if yeah. you're in a workspace and you've got the shits with like eight people, it's not the eight people. It's you. <laughs> yeah. Like go and sort yourself out,
0: right? Okay. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that as gospel. I like that. I, I work on that. I Plus you're agree saying with it. Sixteen yeah. like you say you have a sixteen-hour day. Like it's it's those days where Like if you get to hour three and you're like, fuck, I've still got more to go. But like when all of a sudden you get to like hour 15, like, oh, fuck, I've been here for 15 hours, but I don't care. I can keep going. Like that's when you know you're doing a job you love. And it's, as you say, it's less work. It's more kind of just that life balance that you enjoy.
1: Yeah, it is important to have. And, um, you know, don't get me wrong. There's periods where we all go through periods of, oh, God, I just cannot be stuffed doing this today. Like this is, holy jolly, I don't have this with me. But you get there and, I don't know, just pull yourself together. I,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I, I say that to my kids sometimes, you know, like <laughs> if, the, if Will's got my little boy, has got the shits with something. I go, mate, we've got to pull ourselves together. We just got to get through it. We've got to get through to <laughs> dinner, bath and bed. We just got to pull ourselves together. And he looks <laughs> at me like you're, Fucking crazy woman! Like, <laughs> oh. I'm going to be. Hope that he doesn't parent. say
0: that to you. Um, but <laughs> no,
1: say it in a, go away, mummy. Say something like that.
0: <laughs> Which is translation in kids speak to you. are fucking crazy. Correct.
1: Uh. <laughs> like it's going to get to the point where like um, I'm not a I'm not a pushy parent. Like I just want my pe- my kids to find something that they love and are passionate about. Like I think that's one of the great keys to life is finding something that you're passionate about, so that you really enjoy life but I am that parent who like yes you can you can do this you can do this like there's a big hill near our house and we was like a jet on the scooter like he's just a monster like he goes he's like 200 meters ahead of me on the main road and people looking at me going you're crazy for letting your son do that I'm like look at him though like he's fucking good at it mate (laughs) anyways he can't get up this hill and every few days he goes mommy I can't do the hill I go yeah you can on your scooter you've done it before go up you can do it
0: (laughs) wow jeez. I mean wow um, no, a little bit, but also you could be a great parent and, like, maybe he's going to be an Olympian in something. Like, he could be a skier. That's not the like, aim.
1: The aim is just know? resilience, mate. It's a hill right. You can get up it. It's two minutes. I'm not carrying that scooter. I'm going to carry your sister.
0: That's literally I'm life, not, though. I'm like, you could, you're faced with big hills, and you've got to get up them, son. you like, got to get is... up
1: them. you got to get up. <laughs> Journey for life.
0: Right, now, this is a metaphor. you got to remember this moment in life. Yes, he's could...
1: three, so, yeah, you know, well. it's
0: a lot. Of... <laughs> I say you've got to learn at some point in like, life, oh, that, that no. There you go. Simple as oh, that. No. Did you have a favourite moment during Mm. both Tokyo and and Beijing that you sort of sat back on and go, I mean, let's go with one that you were on air with, that you were honoured and happy that you were on air right then, being part of that moment?
1: Well, we've spoken about Tess, and Tess was the one for me during the Winter Olympics because I just love what she's all about. I love the events that she competes in. Um, I love that she's just got that attitude of get up and go, I I don't think much phases Tess. Like she's just naturally positive, happy, like unapologetically herself person. And I so it was a much, it was a, as much about the event as it was about Tess. Um, I think as well, Jackie Naricott, who briefly mentioned before, like that was extraordinary, you know, winning yeah. the silver medal in the skeleton. And she that mo that that moment, oh, which I loved so much, where during the medal ceremony, she they gave her the medal. They presented the medal around Jackie's neck. She picked it up in her hands and the, oh, God, it gives me chills. The way she looked at it, like, you're mine and I get to keep you and everything's been worth it, like, it makes me teary because, you know, some people get their medals and, they're, you know, waving to the crowd, yahooing, and that's fine. That's absolutely glorious. You celebrate your win, whatever it might be. But this yeah. was like, it was like she she forgot the cameras were there and she forgot that. Hundreds of millions of people were probably watching at that point in time. Like it was just this special moment for her. Um then during the uh summers, oh goodness gracious me. What did we have during the summers that we where we met? Oh, we when didn't I do well at all.
0: I, I don't think that nothing happened during those games. Did Australia do no. anything in those? No, no.
1: No, not at all. I no. think <laughs> I think um the story that really captured me, and it wasn't when I was on air I think maybe for his heats I was but Peter Bowl so mm. he was a revelation in the 800 yeah just an extraordinary um talent and what again his backstory what he went through um you know coming from Sudan and you know moving all over Australia and um he you know he was leading that pack in that final like that's yeah that's absolutely amazing and again it lends back to that personality it seems with Peter I have never met him I'd love to one day I'd love to have a chat with him but he seems like that guy who's just got get up and go about him and he's passionate about life and he's passionate about what he does and I find that really infectious but I mean it was a great games there's so many amazing moments but is that weird to whittle it down to someone who didn't even medal? Like I think that was I, I really think special. What
0: I was going to mention what was so good about Tokyo is the success that Australia had, but you do often think about some of these moments that weren't medal moments. Peter Bowles, one of them, I'm thinking of Rowan Browning. I mean, Browning, oh, this, yeah. the guy who wins a, a, a heat. And it's kind yeah. of, you know, he's arguably probably more well-known in Australia than some of our medalists. You know, it's, I mean, no disrespect to our great sailors who won great medals, but, I mean, I can probably imagine most people in the streets would remember Rowan Browning and probably couldn't name our sailors who won medals. So yeah, I think the other like
1: good one that. was um, Kaylee McEwen and the swearing. Like, that yeah. was just, oh. I just loved it. Like, oh, fuck oh.
0: Fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck you! Fuck oh shit! Yeah, like it's, it's shit. followed by a shit. Basically, as soon as she says "fuck you," yeah, oh shit. Um, you know, like, like that was just amazing.
1: Like we we and had some fun with that. If you can't get around that. that, if you can't get around that and see the joy that I know that she's cursing and stuff, but if you can't get around that, like fuck off. Like honestly, yeah. it was just one. What <laughs> a gold medal! She's absolutely stoked with herself, and she's she just cannot believe it. Like. That's what sport is for me is those moments. It's the, it's the grind, it's the hard work, it's the day in, it's the day out, it's getting there. And then when you're getting success, like just absolutely reveling in it as you bloody well should.
0: Exactly, and that's and that's the beauty of the Olympics in those moments. It's like you mentioned there with Jackie, like it's it's little moments, whether it be winning a medal, a gold medal, silver medal, or even like you see some of the emotion that somebody finishing fifth gets or something like that. I mean, so yeah. it was Bree in the bobsled. I mean, she was a, a medal, you know, chance, but she finishes fifth and we're thinking, oh, she's going to be disappointed. She's thrilled with fifth at the Absolutely. Olympics. Absolutely. You know, things like that, which is just insane. And I guess like in your profession, obviously, with what you're doing, you know, mentioning how before like, you know, a week later, you've got Tess next to you, she's in the studio. So you get to not only be part of the broadcast and witness these with everyone else in Australia, but then you have that honour of being able to chat to these people as part mm-hmm. of your profession. Do you have a standout, be it from the Olympics or in any part of your, your broadcasting career where you've had an interview with somebody and it's kind of just, it's left an impression of you for whatever reason?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Tess was one of them, but I mean, I was very lucky that Eight, 10 years ago I got to sit on set with Usain Bolt for an hour like wow he's um best mates with John Stephenson who I'm very good friends with as well um throughout our time at nine and um yeah he was in Australia as he has been many many times before um you know he's done some pretty crazy crazy things here like he's you know, this, remember the soccer career? Like
0: Yeah, I was literally about to say that. Remember he was a Central Coast Mariners player. Yeah, Remember he, that? Like yeah. that was we
1: like I think we forgot about that. That was We saw a
0: same bolt play in a field with giant sauce bottles. I mean, like, who would have <laughs> ever thought? Weird. So this yeah. was
1: pre pre-all that, but um, and this was at the peak of uh, Usain's powers. So this was still when he was you know racing all around the world and he was meant to be just a special guest um on Wide World of Sports for like 10 minutes. And it was literally on the day. He's like, can I stay, can I hang with you for the whole hour? Rundown's out the window. We're like, all right, it's Usain now. Let's do it. You don't
0: say no to that. No, Usain, we've got a very tight not. schedule. Yeah. Nah.
1: And he was the nicest guy and he was so generous with his time and, wow. you know, got to, we just basically, it was, this is your life, you know, wide world of sports style. And we just chatted to Usain for basically an hour about, Wow. Everything about his life, about his loves, about what he wants to do, about working with, you know, Steph as well, who, you know, they've got a great bond together. Um, and I think some of the other some of the other ones that I've loved in the in the years gone by, like I'm mates with Scotty James and I always love chatting to Scotty, but I did some great pieces with Chumpy Pullen when he was alive. Mm, and yeah. um he was oh, he was one of those people that you'd never, like you can never forget. He was just so vibrant, so energetic, so spirited, so lovely. Um, yeah. So I think getting to chat to Chumpy multiple times, whether it be at the training facility in Narrabeen in Sydney or, you know, down at Perisher or Threadbow, that was you know, that was very, very special as well. There's so many people I'd love. I mean, how long's the list that you want to chat to, though? Like it's as long as my arm of people. Well that was that- going
0: to be the next question. Is there one oh. that like if you had right now, I had the power for you. I mean, you you can have anyone you want right now. Who would who would it be?
1: Oh, goodness gracious. I hope you can edit out this big pause, because I want to think about I should have thought about this knowing that you probably would have asked it. But. Yeah,
0: that standard cliche question that we we're going to ask, you know, just tick them off the, the list.
1: Um. <laughs> oh <my laughs> I can God. play some
0: Jeopardy's thinking music or something here right dun, dun, now. So
1: in Australian sport, it's gonna sound a bit rogue, but probably Nick Kyrgios.
0: Oh yeah, okay.
1: Just because
0: he'd be I, a, he'd be a fun guy to chat to. Like, I he'd mean, he'd be he's, fun, he's, but difficult. And I've <laughs>
1: seen, yeah, very tricky.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've
1: seen some chats with him where he's just like, I don't give a shit. But yeah. hopefully, you could get him in a in a space where he is willing to have some fun and tell some good stories and, um. I think he's just the most prodigious talent. Like mm. he's just when he's on song, when he's when he's up and firing, it's mesmerizing, yeah. right? Like you just yep,
0: absolutely. cannot
1: take your eyes off him. Um in terms of our Olympians, oh goodness gracious. Um that is such a hard question.
0: We ask one every now and then on this show, you know.
1: Like so. In years of like athletes gone by, um, you know those heroes of all of ours. Like I'd love to chat to Cathy. I've never chatted to Cathy before, and I think she, you know, she'd. I'd love to just get into her world for a time, as to what to Sydney two thousand was all about. Um, yeah. But nowadays, I, this is going to sound silly, but we're pretty lucky in that we do get access to all of these athletes and. You know, we do get to chat to them from time to time. So, wish list going forward: Rowan Browning. I think you know he's going to make a massive splash at the Com game. That's going to be just amazing. I've chatted to the Campbell sisters before, and they're they're absolutely terrific. Ariane, I've never met my but my dad has. My dad had like wow, okay, like meeting with her like.
0: A meeting? Like like well, not, a- me- not, a meeting, not
1: a meeting. Not like a <laughs> business meeting. Like this weird yeah. Sit down, cup. Ariane,
0: We've got some business to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> she she yeah. hang on. If you've got an exclusive here, is she getting into like something to do with horse racing no, here no, right no, now? No, no. Oh, was- breaking news. <laughs> I think she
1: was an ambassador for the Magic Millions just gone right. by, or she did a photo shoot and maybe it was with one of Dad's Oh no, it was for the Melbourne Cup. She was the ambassador for the Melbourne Cup last year. Yeah, this Makes is all sense. starting to bleed into one. Anyways. Yeah. Like she You've had a busy
0: year, I Emma. Mean, it's uh, fine. Like it's all good. <laughs> as you said, things are
1: like starting to bleed into each other. Yep. Like I'm like yep. losing the plot. Um, she did a photo shoot up on the Gold Coast, and my dad maybe she was using one of Dad's horses for it or something. Anyways, um, she signed a she signed a a cap. My dad has like merch for his like job, and he has like a Lee Friedman Racing hat. And she signed it, which was weird. Like I was like, what? why did she sign your merch? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's why like not? You signing uh, <laughs> her swimmers like it's.
0: Hey, weird, eBay like. could lap that shit up like a rare signed hat uh, from Friedman with the like. Uh, why that, not? You
1: know that yeah. is so strange. Um, I think. Yeah, she'd be. She'd be a. Who's on your list? Um, I'll probably blank out if forgotten
0: turning turning the now. page there um yeah. i honestly i mentioned his name before and i think long-term listeners to this show would know that dale beg smith is a bit of a white whale out there for for anybody in australia who loves winter sports and uh, he's probably off on his island in the caribbean right now just uh, not giving a shit but uh, <laughs>
1: what kind of life does that guy live I know, like, like oh, what am I doing a
0: four? might I win an Olympic gold medal, and then I'll go sell some spam on the internet. And like, speaking to, I actually, I'm that weird geek who has all this old Olympic footage on my computer because I'm, I'm that yeah. guy. And so during the Olympics, I talked to Joe a lot about Turin, and she was like, "Oh, I interviewed Dale Beggsmith. You know, like, very interesting guy." I found the footage of her Joe saying, with "Very Dale.
1: interesting guy" is like she's so she's so funny she cracks me up like very interesting guy like that doesn't mean very interesting guy that means so much more in joe speak don't you reckon yeah oh
0: absolutely <laughs> and like the interview is like like he would be the the trickiest interview anybody would have because he he doesn't give a shit he doesn't like he just doesn't do interviews and he's just so monotone and whatever but that would make it so fascinating and you yeah. can tell when joe's interviewing him she's very joe and just doing this sort of stuff but then <laughs> he's just like doesn't give a shit but like i mean that guy like if you can untap Dale Beck's mismind, yes. like you've got yourself a winning interview right there. Like I think
1: that's just, some of the beauty of like when you ask, oh, who would you like to interview? And you do naturally go for the curly ones, so to yeah. speak, because, you know, a lot of these athletes nowadays, um, they're media trained, which Absolutely. I don't yeah. necessarily love because mm-hmm. I like the rawness of people um, and I love them being themselves. So that's why I think I said Nick because... Nick doesn't give a shit. Like exactly. I love yeah. it that he doesn't give a shit. And there's probably a time where I probably wasn't his biggest fan, you know, maybe during a period where he was particularly rambunctious. But now mm. at the moment, especially after the Oz Open we've just had, like yeah, I'm all in his corner for just he tries to do good in the world and yet maybe sometimes people read it wrong, but I think he's just if he I, can, I, Bring all that together, like, far out, you know. I, and it's, I think
0: I, and I've, got, I've always got this feeling that he will. And I also think that, like, I try to always equate him a bit to Leighton Hewitt in the fact that when Leighton Hewitt was at his peak, everyone in Australia didn't like a Leighton Hewitt. He was a, he was yeah. a pain in the arse, Who so he gives a shit. But then when he yeah. retired, it was like Australia was, like, crying as one, you know. So, like, I, I feel and it's going to be that way with world. him. Like, exactly, yeah. exactly. And everyone loves Leighton. So I, I've got a feeling Nick will be that way one day, at least hopefully. Um, I've so. got great
1: hopes. I think that that kind of personality, you know, that doubles with um, oh. to like I was yeah. I was scheduling my day around those matches in January <laughs> like my kids would be like well, what's we're not going to the park now guys we are going yep. to do some drawing and mummy's going to watch the tennis <laughs> yeah.
0: it's actually you that know? was the, the first I so I'm a big formula 1 fan so the grand prix was always what I went to every year and this year mm. I actually went to the tennis because I was in this part of the world for the grand prix the other week and it was, it was amazing just to yeah. – I'd never experienced it before. And, like, as you were saying with the ground pass and everything, but it's just the atmosphere and everything that just the whole city gets behind and with them doing what they're doing, with Ash obviously doing how she did. It was yeah. just um, – I mean, look, I'm not even from Melbourne, Emma, and I say it's the – Greatest it city is. in Australia and the sporting capital of the world and all that kind of cliche stuff so, because it's true. Like I've never been yeah. to a city in the world that gets behind its sport as much as Emma, as, as Emma does, well, true, <laughs> as much as Melbourne does. Like it's, um, yeah, great part of the world.
1: Yeah, and the Formula One as well, like uh, how good – I mean, I always liked it, but now I especially have to drive to survive. Like I'm a everyone loves their everyone loves their F1 a little bit more after that. And you know why that is? Because we got to learn about the personalities in the sport. And it's not necessarily the behind the scenes, but like, and I know it's we all know it's edited and it's, you know, a little bit proddy and yeah, whatever. But that's what sport for me needs more of going forward because not everyone's gonna sit there going, Oh, what tires are they starting on? Like Not everyone cares about that, but, you know, say something like um, Verstappen and Hamilton or, you know, that that kind of duel at the end of the year, like people buy into that and that puts – eyes on coverage,
0: you know, and it's, whatever it be. And it's, and it's so fascinating with it too because, like, I'm sure this would be the same, like, with you and sort of your background, that if there was, say, a, a horse racing one on Netflix where we new would love eyes are being. To do
1: one. A ride to survive. Is, a
0: ride to, yeah, that, that I would that love works. to do it. I would get, love to you, do
1: you've it. You've got some connections. connections.
0: You might be able to uh, to get it there. But it's just it's fascinating because, like, when you grow up and you, like, I know Formula 1, but I've, my entire life has basically been revolved around the sport. So to see new eyes coming to it, and meeting people who are like, oh, I'm really into Formula One because of this Netflix show. It's it's fascinating to hear perspectives of people when you know yeah. so much about it. So as I said, it'll be the same, like with horse racing, I can imagine that something I maybe I don't know a lot about, but if I got addicted to Netflix and saw it, and you'd be seeing kind of the new eyes of people because it, it does bring exposure to something like that, which is which is great.
1: I think it's special. And I know that um, you know, say in your world, if you've Grown up with F1 and you're, you know, like a devout follower of it, It might give you the shits every now and then that people are going, Oh, I love my F1 if they don't know it as intrinsically as you do. But the thing about it is, and even that, you know, the coin flipped, as you said with me, if they did a, if we did a ride to survive, which I think would be
0: trademark that, trademark that name. I should have. Great name.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, you'd be going, Oh, yeah, people don't know the intricacies of the sport, but you don't. Need to know the intricacies of every exactly. sport to love sport, and if that exactly. was the way it was, then no one would be going because that's not the that's just not the point of it. The point of it is to be swept up in something and to support something and to you know to be carried away for a couple of hours, whether it be a yep. Grand Prix, whether it be you know an eight race card at Randwick, whether it be um, you know a five hour five set. Epic in a grand slam, you know, like that. It's the point of it's just being invested and going along for the ride and supporting someone. And if a show like Drive to Survive can do that, fucking hats off. That's absolutely,
0: unreal. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I mean a, a small caveat of that is here in the States, they're about to have three Grand Prix in a year yeah. now. Uh, so there's one in Miami
1: as well? Is that right? So
0: Miami at the time of yeah. recording this is next weekend. You have yeah. the Texas one and then they're doing a Vegas one in 2023. That's right, I saw literally that. literally going That's down the they're... strip. So um That's
1: gonna be off the charts.
0: And I went to the Austin Grand Prix back in 2016 and this was pre-Netflix, and of course it's like, oh, Americans don't care for Formula One. That place was packed. And was it? they yeah, they they went yeah crazy for it. So um it's yeah it's it's and it's actually even here in New York I've literally seen people walking down the street wearing like Red Bull like Max Verstappen stuff and Ferrari stuff and McLaren like it's you do see it randomly like it's no New York Yankees cap which is like every second person but like it's still you when you see like a Red Bull like oh Max Verstappen like it's cool in New York City it's like well okay it's it's catching a on so, I have a confession I have a confession here
1: actually uh-oh. so I did just get one of the new Danny Rick long sleeve t-shirts. Like I'm oh, um, yeah. sporting the orange Danny Ricardo um, and purple long sleeve t-shirt. They're quite and nice, those shirts. Super cool. Yeah. So I wear a lot of just jeans and long sleeve tees because that is the easiest thing to wear. And yeah, so I'm I'm one of those merch.
0: <laughs> I look, I, I I'm a merch person for sure, but like it's it's weird because like obviously I love me some Danny Rick. But yeah, growing yeah. up, growing up in my household, the word McLaren was a swear word because I'm a Ferrari yeah, fan. Yeah, right. So I would never be caught dead wearing anything McLaren. Um, so I love you, Danny Rick. Like yeah, go back yeah. to Red Bull or come to Ferrari, please. He's another um, one I'd
1: like to chat with. Like even I'm not an F1 guru at all, and I know this is an Olympics themed podcast, but geez, he's a
0: He's I've spoken player, to him like a couple player. of times, like back in the early days, and uh, he's just exactly how you think he is. Like he's just you can't a fucking legend. You can't fake that. Like it's just he's just arguably one of the nicest guys in sport. Ugh, um, yeah. and just just amazing. Uh, before we, we we wrap up with a set of fun sort of Olympic style so get to know you half and half questions, but right. a couple of things I wanted to quickly touch on. You mentioned the Commonwealth Games. Um, hmm. they're obviously coming up. Can we expect to see your face on our screens? Are you going to be with Shervo? I mean, anything you can give us today, Emma at yeah. all, that we, we can learn about this?
1: <laughs> yeah, the dynamic duo are back. Uh, yes. We are, we are back. Uh, we are going to be on air very early in the morning, and you know what the great thing is this time? We have been given a bit of a vote of confidence, Shervo and I, because we are 3.30 a.m., which is horrific, to 7.30 a.m., but that is wow that is medal city that is medal ah, time so right. because the com games are in birmingham that is finals time for athletics for swimming for you know everything so um that's exciting um time change is going to hurt but <laughs> uh it's a com games and you don't get it to is. do them every year and you've just got to get through it for the the two weeks and we're in for such a treat i mean i think projections have us winning over sixty medals, sixty gold medals. Like
0: it's insane. It's just it's, insane to think that, isn't it? Yeah. It's um it's cra- great. And I, I like to say too, think about now that you've got this in the pipeline. Four years' time, of course, are now going to be in Australia again in Victoria. And then Correct. 10 years' time, you've got a home Olympics. Brisbane. So it's you've got all these, like, little things to think about. And, like, the, the more and more you and Matt, like, get this chemistry ah. going, you, you're going to be hosting Brisbane 2032. Like, you guys are just going to be on everything.
1: Oh, I'll leave that to the gurus. Haim and Abby can do that. We just have our little Oh, they're, fun they're, they're done by here.
0: 2032. Come on, you guys are the new. You're you're Haim and Abby by then, you know.
1: Oh, we have a lot of fun. And I'm, um, you know, Shervo and I uh we're lucky or we both feel lucky. And can I just tell one quick story about as well? Of course like you can. just. This Absolutely. tells the mark of a man, right? So you finish an Olympics and you buggered like you're tired <laughs> and got to the last day. And um we both I think I had to, I had to go, we all had to fly out. Like, you know how crazy that was? It was like there was no rap party because we were still in serious COVID restrictions, remember? And we all mm-hmm. wanted to have a party and everyone was like, no. So <laughs> that was <laughs> that was annoying. Um so I got home to Sydney, and the next day, I'm with the kids and ginormous bunch of flowers rocks up in the front door, and I either thought they were from my husband, obviously, or I thought <laughs> well, they might so. have been <laughs> been from Seven, like you know, as a you know a nice token of whatever. They were from Shervo. They were from wow. Shervo, and it was like I had the best two weeks with you. Um, can't wait to do it again in the future, Shervo. I'm like.
0: Fantastic. So wow. then I had
1: to obviously return the gift. Yeah. And the arsehole wouldn't give me his address because I don't know. I know he, I don't know. I've never been to his house. Well he's a big so, celebrity,
0: Emma too. Like he doesn't want to stalk now, now, you know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure his house
1: is like five times the size of mine as well. So <laughs> I, he wouldn't give it to me. I was like harassing, I was harassing production in like a Channel 7. I'm like, please, I'm not going to go over to his house. Like I, this is for a gift. Like that <laughs> nah, wouldn't give it to me because he's obviously smart enough to tell them don't give my address to Emma. <laughs> she, she's going to give me a gift. Anyways, um, my part of my family owns a brewery in um, Victoria and they make some great beer. And I got him a slab of beer and I sent it to Channel 7 in Sydney and made them just leave it on the floor with his name on it. <laughs> and he stumbled past it and he's like, You're a dickhead. Like it's a slab of beer at work that I have to carry through, and everyone's gonna bite be making me. I'm like, Well, bad luck. There's
0: yeah. your gift. There's your
1: Should've gift. You should give me
0: your address, you cheap bastard. Um, yeah, I, know. I know. Wow, that's awesome. Well, there you I go. Know. That's
1: so uh, nice. So nice. Just we
0: we love hearing those stories. Actually, and just on that. Now that you brought up stories, we mentioned him before. Every time we bring up Bruce McAvaney, I'd like to give an opportunity for any Bruce McAvaney stories that we like to hear because we've got a list growing of just adding to the legend that is Bruce. (laughs) Do you have a great Bruce story you could share with us today?
1: Oh, goodness. I. Oh, let me think. He's, you know what? Bruce is really funny because Bruce is actually quite cheeky. Like, does anybody ever told you like that? No, I don't think I've
0: heard a cheeky Bruce story. I like this. Like,
1: he's just funny like he'll say things sometimes on air and they'll wash over some people's heads and then other times I'm like that is so (laughs) so funny like (laughs) there's this horse at the moment going around called kiss on all four cheeks (laughs) like the way that Bruce talks about him cracks me up like I don't have a specific Bruce because I've never actually sat next to Bruce for like A time like we're always down the line. He's in Adelaide, or I'm in, I'm out and about in the field in Sydney, and he's on set hosting. So I'm hoping to gather some really great ones. But I reckon if you pressed people a little further, you would discover that Bruce has an epic sense of humor. Like when he's okay. When he's well, well, relaxed I'm going happy. to
0: because, like, this repertoire, we're getting this, like, nice little Bruce Bank. I like to call it the Bruce Bank. And a until Bruce we, Bank. A Bruce Bank. And if we get ever get Bruce on the show, like, obviously, oh, actually, you know, i have got like, him on it. Oh, okay, I've here we got, go. Yep.
1: I've got, this is just funny. This is not, like, a epic story, but... Um, so recently my uncles, um, Michael and Richard, they were training in partnership in Sydney and they have gone their separate ways. So one is trained, They're both training outright from each other. Anyways, we always joke that my family's like it's a mess. Like there's so many of us and everyone's there's someone always warring with someone else. Like it's just
0: Game of Thrones yeah. style. It's Game of on.
1: Thrones, right, in our family. Yep. And Bruce sends me a text a couple of weeks ago <laughs> and all it said was, um, Hi, Emma, hope you're having a great day. Goodness, your family is has more drama in it than the Kardashians. <laughs> and I wrote back and I said, yes, Bruce. <laughs> just like the Kardashians, all the drama but less plastic surgery. And he wrote <laughs> back and he went, "Are you sure?"
0: <laughs> wow, that that might be the most epic thing I've ever heard because on so many levels, Bruce texts you rep, rep, in Bruce itself, and he knows the Kardashians. Kardashians. <laughs> like, do we just picture Bruce sitting there at home on like a Friday night, just like, oh, let's let's watch the Kardashians. Oh, Kim so and Chloe funny. up to this week, special. Look at them go, delicious, <laughs> like. I just I want I want Bruce to commentate on the Kardashians all of a sudden.
1: <laughs> he's just the nicest man. Like he's just wow. the best. I don't think anyone would ever have anything bad to say about Bruce. Like yeah. Like he's I thank God he's still going. Like I'm just so pleased that you know he cherry picks what he wants to do nowadays because he can, right? So he's mm-hmm. going to Birmingham for the Com games. He'll be there because it's the Com games. Bruce of has course. to be.
0: There. Yeah. Um
1: and then he, with racing, you know, he does he's been hosting um on air for like 2 months on air every Saturday and like, Bruce doesn't have to do that if he doesn't want to, but he wants to yeah. do it because he loves it.
0: Yeah. I mean it's, yeah. it's it's AFL has just not been the same the last 2 years without his voice. It's it's been weird, but uh, it's yeah, as you said, he's still with us and he's still got he like is. I mean Hopefully we're getting to get a few more Olympics out of him, at least one more. We'd like a farewell. Like, Oh, you know. there'll be
1: more than that. He, the, the, the next one's only in two years. Like he's fighting fit. He's still, you know, he's still got it. I mean, Bruce isn't 80. He's, you know, he's still got many years, I reckon, ahead of him of of, of contributing to broadcast. And it might not be, you know, doing those eight-hour shifts, but just having Bruce there for a half an hour slab and getting those little gems is, oh, It's worth its weight in gold. And Um, for all of us little minions hanging around, (laughs) getting hang out with Bruce and suck some of that knowledge and Passion yeah. and energy from him That sounds awful But you know
0: what um, I mean Well I think we know Huffing Exactly what you it. mean yeah. For sure And and the fact now That I, I mean, it might make we want to watch The Kardashians If Bruce McAvane If it's good enough For Bruce McAvain, It's good enough for me Let's, I reckon
1: you know. he's a big Chloe fan Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: Absolutely uh, And also before we get To the questions The one thing I wanted To, to bring up You talked about Sort of watching Marion Jones You know being spurred On that sort of stuff Of course you, you did win Dancing with the Stars Emma ah, you, yes you did beat two Olympians. You did beat Matt Mitchum and, and Kelly Cartwright. So, like, I mean, you beat Olympians. So, like, you may not have become an Olympian, but you can hold that a high. You've been an Olympic gold medalist, for God's sakes. I mean, that's yeah. got to be something. The highest
1: scoring dive in the history of the Olympic Games is that correct? Is he still hold that record?
0: I think I, I think what? it got beaten. I'm pretty sure it did oh, recently. Right. I think there was a Chinese diver who beat it. But yeah, you know, yeah, you're
1: right. Yeah. yeah. No, Matt's a great fella. Um, he is living in the UK at the moment with his husband, and um, I think really enjoying life. So good on Matt. We trained together every day. Like, so his partner during Dancing with the Stars was married to my partner. So it was like this weird oh. team. Um. And yeah, so we hung out a lot. And then uh Kelly, oh my gosh, Kelly. She is just divine. She's funny. She's um, she's just brash like me. She's bold and um I I have a feeling, I have a feeling Kelly's career as an athlete in some capacity is not yet done. She's not done.
0: Right. She's okay. had her two kids
1: and she's in the gym and she looks, oh my God, so fit at the moment. I just I wouldn't put Something else past Kelly in the future. I reckon she's still. Okay, got I like those little
0: like maybe dangles of like exclusives we're getting here on the show. Emma. Oh, it's really? Kind of, you know, <laughs> you know, I just it's kind of it's yeah. you, you, you never know. I feel like we're going to bring that up. Did did you not get invited back for All Stars? Like, what was going I on did.
1: there? I did. I did get invited back to All Stars. I got um, invited back for the one at the end of last year, but uh, it was coming off the back of the Olympics. Um, I was doing too much racing, and to be honest, for me at the moment, the priority is actually doing the work, not. Um, you know, jumping on dancing, which was a great show and I absolutely loved it, but the timing is just not quite right. And again, I have two kids under three, so I need to pick and choose my battles. I don't know if they're going to do one more. If they do one more that fits in, I might try and wrangle my way it. in but yeah I have had a few people go how dare they not ask you oh no they did get asked but it just wasn't the right time.
0: do, do you then also because I, I love talking to Joe about this because she's hilarious when she's like oh no I would never do a show like that but then do, does like seven or like nine or ten like do they do you ever been asked to like celebrity get me out of here survive like any of these shows is this is something that you constantly get asked to do and what what's the weirdest one you ever got asked to do?
1: She's been asked to do a lot as well. She has. She she said she's been asked to do a few,
0: but she just just doesn't want to do them. (laughs) Yeah. Like
1: I don't want to do them either, to be honest, because I just enjoy doing my work too much, like what I'm doing. I was asked to do, I think it was the first series of I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. And I was like, I'm not a celebrity. Like, so why are you asking me? So, I thought that was really strange. You're um, a star,
0: not a celebrity. No, dance. no. <laughs> see, I see what it I is there dancing with the stars.
1: <laughs> no, the, the dancing with the stars one I wanted to do because it's like you're learning a new skill and it's like.
0: Sure, Emma, sure. Thing. Just turn it up. Come on. All oh right, we my get God, your how star. We understand. Oh. We understand.
1: But yeah, I was asked to do that and I haven't been asked to do anything else. So, oh, um, I'm curious. hoping
0: survivor. I'm a survivor nut. So, I was like, you know, you could have oh, gone up Olympia. against Bradbury.
1: <laughs> Our producer was like um on my shift, Glenn, who is a terrific producer. He works primarily on the AFL. He's like, Are you gonna do SAS Australia? I'm like, no, Matt. Like it became this like running joke that he wanted me to do SAS Australia, which is obviously on seven and it's a great show. But I'm like, no, I'm not, I'd rather watch those people in huge amounts yeah. of pain and do it myself. Like, as I said, yeah. the work for me is the the ultimate priority because um yeah, I want to be doing working on Olympics for many years to come, and to do that, you've got to be doing the work.
0: You've you've done seven, you've done nine. I think you did a brief thing on ten. You were a guest host on the Circle. Of, have you done SBS oh, yeah. and the ABC? Like, are you ticking off all no. the networks? You done FoxTEL as well. So, I mean, you know, SBS. I'd like I'd ABC. like to have
1: remained in one place, but the world, <laughs> the way the world works, it hasn't really worked out for me like that. So, I was at nine for a long time, and then. I got the flick from there, and then I went back there. Like, you it's know, it's called boned to- at
0: Channel Nine, isn't it? Isn't that the yeah, legal term at Channel I- Nine? <laughs> I, went,
1: I went back though. How did I go? I went back for like two or three years. That's mental. Um, and then, yeah, like now I'm just kind of hips, like skipping around a bit. Um, but m- mostly with Seven. So, yeah, it's a. I think a lot of a lot of people, except for Bruce and for Griggsy like they're so lucky they've been at the same place for so long and now I hope that going forward I am just with the one network because I'm getting really sick of changing security
0: passes (laughs) (laughs) that that, (laughs) there you go if you're listening to this Nick that's why she wants to stay with seven um so
1: (laughs) I like working with Nick and I and uh Louis our big boss in sport he's Terrific as well. We've, you know, we have a laugh and I love Louie's calls that, you know, call me like randomly and, you know, we're going to do this. Okay, stand by. And then that's the end of the conversation. Like, cool, mate. Like, that's good.
0: Cool. Yep. I love I that. Got, I got the, um, uh, when I was, the, the day that I was like bedridden with COVID. Oh, um, yeah. Checked the phone and he actually had left me a voice message. And this was I, I, so
1: nice. Yeah, I, so I think
0: nice. I met him once. And yeah. then um sort of I think I told Joe the next day, he's like, well, he left a boy. Wow, that's that's not like him. I was like, oh, I don't know, like what am I doing? Oh no, <laughs> he's just so
1: like I got COVID in January and I was super, super stressed because obviously that was just before winters. Like we went to we went down like the end of Jan. So I think I got a mm. second week of Jan wow. from Magic Millions when I was up there working for seven as well. I was so distraught because I was going to miss one weekend of racing. Like what is wrong with me? I was so upset with it. Louis called me and he's like, Em, we'll get around you. It's absolutely fine. You you know what the best thing is? You're going to be clear for the Olympics. This is unreal. This is actually the best timing for you to get it because we're all going to get it. So like that is, and I know that's, you'd hope that's the attitude of most workplaces around the country or the world at the moment, but I don't know if it necessarily is. And so literally within an hour, I and I couldn't get any um rat tests like th- this was during the rat test shortage. Do you yeah. remember that? Now yeah, you can go yeah. buy them like at a 7-Eleven. Like
0: yeah, exactly. They, They're giving them away.
1: <laughs> this was during the rat test shortage, like the great rat test so- shortage of 2022. <laughs> <January
0: 22. Yeah. laughs>
1: and so literally within an hour, someone from seven was at my door with like 30 rat tests. Because I wow. had to test everyone had in my family kept you know having to test. Yeah. And I was like, this is this is pretty cool
0: like thank yeah you. i mean thanks i for, i like to was. Guys. yeah well i mean i can't i can't express how well i was treated in that mm. whole series it was it was ridiculous i think i had two people buying me groceries that afternoon it was like geez all right like i'm, I'm happy with one lot of groceries but sure um and so yes. stephen bradbury gave me beer it's so like what else can i say you know, oh like isn't
1: stephen just what amazing. a nice guy
0: yeah what a good yeah. guy That's one of those moments you're talking about, like the the 20 years ago, Thorpey watching him working with him. All of a sudden, you're literally 20 years when when we were doing that, weren't we? And you've
1: done a a chat with Stephen as well. Like, Had him on a couple
0: of weeks ago, yeah. yeah. And I actually, the funniest thing with Stephen is that I interviewed him like, I want to say 2009 for a breakfast show I had in Hobart. And so when I like met him in person, I said, oh, like I interviewed you, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he sort of looked at me and he's like, wow, you know, you made it when you're on breakfast radio in Hobart. (laughs) Like just all in good fun. But it was just like, oh, Yep, that was great. Burn. <sighs> Sweet. Thanks, Steven. His stories
1: is oh. amazing. Like I could talk. Oh, or yeah. not I could talk about, but I could listen to his story be talked about. Have you for read forever. his book?
0: Have you read his autobiography? I haven't read
1: the book, but my husband went to a. Uh, he did a. Um, he does. You know, obviously does corporate speaking. I'm not sure if he still does it. This was probably a decade ago, and he. This was a big corporate chat that my husband went to, and he learnt so much not only about his uh, will to win and his determination, Mm. but his history, because a lot of people thought, you know, that gold medal was oh, you know, doing a Bradbury la la, but his history and his form going into those Olympics was actually extraordinary. And he was a deserved winner.
0: Absolutely. And I like, I am not a big reader uh, as as Colin listening to this would laugh based on jokes ah. and other shows that we do together. But it's it's seriously one of the best autobiographies I've ever read. And mm. it, yeah, it, all the detail that you're talking about there, like the injuries he went through, and just everything. And even when he was on a couple of weeks ago, he sort of you know said that like you know he he had that one sort of heat in Salt Lake, and he he skated his best, and that, that was that was good. Like he four Olympics, he hadn't skated his best, and finally he did, and then he goes on to win a gold. So it's um. Good yeah, here. An, an, an incredible story, and we like to wrap up every into series of uh, I guess get to know you style questions. Now mm. these are, are based off a Team Canada questionnaire they gave their athletes ahead of Rio and Pyeongchang. Just a bit of fun. <laughs> this will be a bit weird. Won't it? This is
1: going to be. Yeah, I might,
0: I might have to tailor some of these around uh, the fact that you haven't been to an Olympics. But we can we can work with that. Yeah, as sorry. always, the, you should be. It's really disgusting that you haven't been to an Olympics. You got you got to work on mm. that. There I'm there is. There By myself. A, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not the first person to say that on this show. Um, there's a drawing. Like You don't have to, but if you feel mm. the need, mm. there's a couple of drawing questions. Oh, so there's okay. a question question, draw a picture of yourself. You can draw it and send it in to us. We can put it on social media okay. and things like that. I was like trying to look
1: so. for a pen there. Couldn't find one. Oh, no, you don't
0: have to do it live. Like, it's all good. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's like draw a picture of your favourite animal. So um, oh, things like that. If, you, if you're bored today and you want to send us in, we'll, we'll gladly yes, accept sweet. it cool uh the was first that it? question
1: is, oh, oh I just started no, it. it well thanks for
0: the show yeah, well done she's like fuck hurry up ben we've got to go no, this no, is no, shit
1: no no i was like that's really <laughs> random though if that's what team canada gave all of their athletes heading into an olympics i'd be like
0: they're very basic guys you did you, you,
1: you, you take us seriously cool yeah
0: just draw a picture and you're off to the olympics there you go mm-hmm. um we'll start off with uh, and you, you kind of i mean answer this sort of when you were broadcasting but this is Overall, your entire life watching the mm-hmm. Olympics, your favourite ever Olympic moment is,
1: <laughs> um, oh, like everyone says, Kathy, but it is, mm-hmm. but it probably is that moment because, like, if you're an as an Australian, it's 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 got to be up there. Um, oh, we all I mean, remember a- it.
0: I mean, we, we and we also remember all remember it. Bruce's call. Like I, I can recite oh. Bruce's call off the top of my head. Basically, it's that yeah. famous. So
1: I think that is, uh, and then the other one, which is a straight, is the Jackie Naricot looking at the medal. Like that is that's something that I will never ever forget. Is just that look on her face and how joyous it made her so i mean they're they're a bit boring and cliche but that's that's why they're the best i hope
0: your answers get better from this emma because it's really i expected better from you that that was shit um as a kid (laughs) as a kid who was your favorite sports team
1: oh well i'm an i'm an essendon fan in the afl okay well this
0: interview's been fun emma thanks for joining us Um.
1: are you a collingwood (laughs) fan
0: Oh fuck off! I'm a Carlton man. I'm, I'm not that bad, oh, but I'm. You're on. all. we're of. gonna
1: win the premiership this year! La la la. We've been bad. saying that since
0: 1996.
1: Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no, Essendon. I mean, hey, we put in a that Anzac Day game. We'll we'll we better. We'll better. So hopefully we. You it came within
0: like double digits this time. Good job. It was it was honestly. An <laughs> it's been a grim
1: start to the year. Yeah.
0: And and do you, um like, when you go to Sydney, do you get on board and doing stuff on, like, Fox League? I mean, do you are you allowed to say who you go for or do you have to be unbiased in terms of,
1: you Oh, know? Uh, well, I'm from Melbourne, so I'm a Storm fan, which has been great the last 10 years. Uh, <laughs> but also my dad um, is a bunnies man, so I've got a bit ah. of a soft spot for the bunnies. And then I live opposite the SCG, so oh. I would have to say the Roosters as well. But, no, I'm more of a, like, if the Storm are playing, but in terms of like devout following, like I'm a I'm a paid up Essendon member, like I'll go when I can. And um I've worked I've done some work for the club before. So that's if there's one club that I'm really diehard for, it's the bombers.
0: And I always love hearing the story. Was that just like you grew up in an Essendon household, like you go for the bombers or you move out? Or was there a moment like growing up where you're going like I'm gonna go for the bombers?
1: Yeah. So my dad was a North Melbourne fan. Oh, that's grim. You're talking about- They have
0: fans? Wow.
1: (laughs) My dad's a North (laughs) Melbourne fan and he always wanted us to be, um, you know, to go for the Kangas as well. But we did swimming lessons at Windy Hill, which Ah. was the, at the time, the Essendon uh, training base. And I remember going to one and outside of the pool was the Oval and they were training and I stood there for like, Twenty minutes after my swimming lesson, just watching training, and I was like, "I'm, I'm a bomber now."
0: Yeah. So was that like Lloyd Dad, Hurd, like people like that back in yeah, the day. It like, was
1: yeah. So it was like the early uh, early mid nineties. Yeah. So they were there. Um, yeah.
0: You'd have you've had like Bomber Thompson back then, and and people like that. Yeah, he might have just well. been
1: wrapping things up, I guess. Blake Carousella.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Jeez, um, good names there. I look. I, I would be completely. Wanganine? Oh, my. yes. Yes, yeah. God. I um, As a kid, I actually did have a bit of a soft spot for the Bombers, I will say. Uh, I remember 93 turning to my dad at halftime going, Dad, we're losing. Can I go for Essendon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not a good thing as a Colton s- supporter to say to your dad and he nearly kicked me out of home as a six-year-old. I but still hey. say
1: that now on weekends. Like, if- <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Now I'm a Lions fan. Yeah, my sister actually, she was an Essendon fan until she met her fiancé and now she goes for Geelong.
0: See that's just wrong. It's Emma, so like, wrong, I'm, isn't it? I'm sorry, you never change teams. That's just that's just not on. Right, You're a sore it's, spot in our family. Yeah, I would I would disown her. She's no longer your yeah. sister. Like, what yeah. the hell? Um, I know. If you could be any superhero, who mm. would you be? Oh,
1: God, I'm not really a superhero kind of person. If I'm okay. being honest, but. Like Batman would be pretty cool. Is Batman a superhero? Like I'd like to he fly. Absolutely
0: is, yeah. I'm yeah. not really
1: into it. I don't even know the difference between like DC and Marvel. Like, I know just
0: DC goods, you know? Marvel. Like this is unpopular opinion. People are gonna shut me down. I'm a I'm a DC over Marvel guy any day of the week. So okay. Batman's it's DC. Just, so you're it's you're not good.
1: my bag. So yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, your favorite music artists are? Mm,
1: uh so like I am a devout bombers fan, I'm a devout Kylie Minogue fan
0: oh there you go you redeemed yourself good job
1: (laughs) i've always just absolutely loved her um uh red hot chili peppers uh, they're like a full gamut of really strange different music but um like so love them so much that i went to their sydney concert when i was 30 weeks pregnant with will i think wow and was standing up dancing and people looking at me like who is this
0: really pregnant woman? Like getting along. She will dancing the with the star. Was... She's a celebrity. No, oh, wait, sorry, star, not a celebrity.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Um, so the chili peppers, yeah. I love, I've always loved them. Um, and then yeah, Kylie's just my like, she's my north star. I just
0: during yeah. you your days in radio, like, did you get to interview her? Have you interacted with Kylie? Never. No, it hasn't happened. Never. Ah. What's your Never. favorite Kylie song? Um,
1: favourite Kylie song? Probably, um, probably can't get you out of my head because it was so different and iconic and new for the time. Like that white jumpsuit that she was wearing with the hood was like, this is just phenomenal. Like it was just so brand new. But then... The album that she did, like maybe this is getting in deep, like maybe ten years ago, it was called Aphrodite. There's some great songs on that
0: song. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great album. Get out of my way. Is
1: that is that one of of what it's called? Yeah, I love that song. I think that's you know what that's a great uh, song for an Olympic promo package.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Channel 7, if you're listening, come on. That's, um, I'm going to just give that, it
1: that, to the editors
0: and say make it. <laughs> that, actually, I'm glad you brought that album up because that is an underrated Kylie album. It I is an underrated
1: Kylie album. It gets <laughs> forgotten
0: along the way, I think. And even like the title track, Aphrodite, that's just stuck in my head all of a sudden right now that as soon as you say that. um, And what was the one she did? God, we're really getting to Kylie Minogue territory now. I know. Um, had like two hearts on it. Was that the one before Aphrodite? I think that um, had yeah, like two hearts co- on it. Was it called Two Parts, the album? I don't know. Anyway, good album. I know oh, no, it was yeah. X. It was Kylie X.
1: Was, yeah, X. Yeah, yeah. I think that wasn't my favourite, to be honest, obviously. You didn't I'm, like that one? My favorite. But I'm like the Aphrodite album, I was like, this is, if you like Kylie, like if you don't yeah. like it, don't go listen to it because it's yeah. pure pop.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. And the great thing about Can't Get You Out of My Head, as soon as you mention over in this part of the world Kylie Minogue, they look at you and you go, Can't Get You Out of My Head. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about now. Because
1: Did they really? That-
0: Yes, she's not that big in America, uh, so uh, she's big in the
1: UK still, isn't she? Oh, like huge! I think she's bigger
0: in the UK than Australia, almost, isn't she? Like, yeah, right. Um, okay. Yeah. Do you? he's a he's a bonus question for you. Do you think they'll get her to come back to Neighbours now that Neighbours is ending? Do you think they'll like? Well, like for
1: like a last little appearance.
0: Like, how big would that be? Final episode of Neighbours. They get Mm. Kylie Minogue back. Jeez. Maybe
1: she's like, you know what? She could be. She could be like, um, she could be like at the waitress at a cafe or something like that, and just like a little cameo, you know, just like no one even knows it's her. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's she's I mean, failed. Yeah, neighbours. Well, I mean, when ER ended, they got George Clooney back. So, I mean, you never know. Like they, they could do it. So heaven's. Uh, if you could eat only one food for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: Oh my god. Uh <laughs> one is is Pinot a food? Um
0: Hey, it is now. It's got grapes now, in it.
1: <laughs> I if I could like eat just like good sourdough and butter for the rest of my Ooh. life and not get fat, like I'd just do it because yeah. I just like good bread and butter is just unbelievable. Like it's unbelievable. I could live off that, but
0: yeah.
1: I can't. So simple for me, but.
0: No, yeah. simple for a reason. That works for me. I like, have you ever made sourdough? Was that the thing you did in lockdown at all? Like, I it, didn't
1: yeah. do the sourdough starter. I didn't get into no. that. I okay. My life was going better than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Do you yes. know a friend of mine who I used to work with, he actually ended up like he was always a good baker and then during lockdowns he got really into like doing sourdough starters and stuff and now he's like quit his job and now he works at a bakery.
0: Wow. Okay. So
1: actually lockdown was like a massive career change for him.
0: That was just a sliding doors moment for him. It's like boom, so this is where you meant to be. Sometimes a sourdough
1: starter actually can be the starter for something else.
0: Who knows? Me podcasting might lead to me actually doing a job someday. You never oh, know. Oh, darling. <laughs> You might know some people, Emma. It's fine. Um, you're now, this is your favourite place to compete in. Let's go with your favourite place to to like work in. Let's go. Like, have you been like was it Bathurst or like the Melbourne Cup? Like, where's your favourite place where uh, you kind of like to work?
1: It's Royal Randwick, so um, which is you know a, a great racetrack for non race race fans. Racing fans are uh, in Sydney. It's probably the preeminent track in Sydney, and it's just. It's gorgeous. It's just got a great vibe. Um, You know, a big race day at Royal Randwick. I just, you can't beat it. Having said that, Bathurst was unbelievable. I, I was imagine. a bit like sketchy on it going, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like, how much I'm going to love it. I loved it. I, loved, I loved it,
0: loved it. The one thing I think I find with anything supercars is they are maybe some of the most approachable athletes in any sport. Like they're they're all just so approachable and down to earth. That's the one thing I'll say about supercar athletes, the drivers.
1: Access is unbelievable. Like you can walk into any garage and be like, hey, so-and-so, do you want to chat? Yeah, cool, no worries. Do you want to do it now? yeah is that okay or is it any other yep. sport i feel like you have to put in like 30 requests with media managers and you might exactly. get 90 seconds
0: yeah they've yep. got it's a lot to, a lot of sports
1: have a lot to learn from from supercars i think
0: completely yeah. completely great and on just on the racing side of things as a proud tasmanian did you ever get mm. to the hobart cup emma i have not
1: been racing in You're Hobart. Not yet. much
0: it's fine oh okay <laughs> really so don't go great great i remember you. going a few times as a kid and it was just like you know okay cool next on the (laughs) list is
1: probably the darwin the darwin meeting which i've never been to so the darwin cup which is in the middle of the year that's probably like i've been to birdsville that was pretty cool that was if you haven't seen the birdsville races which happened only a couple of weeks ago so in april that's a spectacle yeah
0: all right i guarantee you better than a hobart cup you're you're (laughs) welcome to learn that um what is one thing that you've always wanted to do
1: like work well the the, an, the well
0: the answer for this one the athlete here said run a marathon so maybe like a bucket list thing that you've always you uh, know like
1: yeah well I've done a half
0: mm-hmm. so
1: I've done a few halves I'd probably like to be able to do a full but I'm not going to probably because <laughs> well if you've
0: done two half marathons you've technically done a marathon I, so
1: yeah um, no, to be honest, and this is not just because we're on an Olympics podcast, but it is to go to an Olympics to work at an Olympics. So um, I've done them in studio now and hopefully Paris, if we're still all happy days and I'm, you know, seven, I've got the rights and I'm, I'd like to go to an Olympics because I don't think anything would beat the the spectacle of it in real life.
0: And I think you've got yeah. a few good ones for the next summers. Paris, great. Los Angeles, pretty great. Brisbane, I home know. Olympics, great. So the next you know. three
1: are actually so good, and like, yeah, that's not to say that the others have been not good, but they're cities that you can see hosting Olympics, right? Yeah, because there's been other ones that you go, was yeah. right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we got Sochi?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Happening? Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah.
0: yeah, sure. Sochi, great. That that looks pretty good now. Eight years later, doesn't it? Um, how that. Play it out. Um, what is your favourite movie?
1: Um, My favourite two movies, I am a real musical fan. Okay. Uh, Grease and The ah, Music.
0: Nice. All right. You'd love it here. So, I've been to a couple of Broadway shows over here. I mean, you need to come over to New York. Like, it's yeah. just, just Feast for the eyes of all the Like I
1: can't wait projects. to show my kids that and like they've just seen a little bit of Mary Poppins and my little mm-hmm. boy <laughs> runs around going, step in time, step in time. Come on, matey, step in time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Jeez, you yeah, well, learning a lot.
1: <laughs> he, It's a very diverse education in our household. I can see. On
0: yeah. the week.
1: Actually, this morning he's got a yellow race car and um, we always have the Grand Prix on. Uh, recorded on a Monday morning just like during breakfast just you know that's we don't really have the tv on any other morning but on a Monday morning and a Saturday morning because we have to watch Sky Central just to get like scratchings and stuff for the race day but on Monday morning and Will said uh we watched Fast Cars this morning I said no nah, that's on a Monday bud that's on a Monday uh <laughs> what day is it Wednesday oh uh, he was really sad so. <laughs> so on the weekends it's all sport and then during the week we're Mary Poppins singing Dick Van Dyke <laughs>
0: So, <laughs> standard yeah. week that, that that's yeah. generally how all kids should be raised if you ask me mm, yeah. um now this question is my favorite place of visit in Canada but let's change it up to my favorite place of visit in Australia is
1: oh um my husband's family has a great beach house in a town called Port Elliot which is about an hour out of Adelaide which we spend a lot of time to and it's kind of our happy place um we got engaged there and it's a great pub and beautiful beach and um, just a very relaxing time. Um, If I'm going on holidays or anywhere up like anywhere in in Queensland, I feel like we haven't been on a holiday for forever and a day. So we did a a family trip. Yeah, I know. We did a family trip to Noosa a few years ago with Noosa, but Noosa. it was so good. <laughs> it is really nice. I know it's you like a can't, bit snobby, you can't
0: but... not say it like I'm gonna Noosa. go somewhere off The beaten track, somewhere about Noosa. Bush. Noosa. Yes. So, I know, but yes. that Port
1: Elliot is the happy place, I think. Yeah.
0: Okay, all right. I like that. Um, your favorite cartoon to watch growing up was
1: um oh god almighty. Uh Cartoon
0: to watch. Don't you get sick of the cartoons now? If you've got kids, like you might be like, oh, we God, well, cartoons. we're we're
1: just deep into bluey at the moment, which is ah. have you watched it? Uh
0: I'm about, I think, 20 years older and don't have kids. I so no. Watch,
1: it's actually really good. <laughs> I really enjoy it. Um. Okay. Yeah, it's they're little just it's there's some pearls of wisdom there. They're, they're kind of designed for the adults as well. Um when I was a kid, um, We were really old school with just Disney films. Like we didn't watch a lot of actual cartoons, but we watched, um, you know, Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King, The Little Mermaid, like all those really old ones on rotation. And then there was like just a heap of Sound of Music. So I didn't really have – God, it sounds like I came from a really strange like household, but we didn't sit and watch a lot of cartoons
0: It's kind kind of like this rotation, though, as you're saying, like now you've got kids, you watch uh, Mary Poppins and Sport, and you were doing the same, but with Sound of Music and Sport. Yes, that's exactly right.
1: right And you've just just hit the nail on the head. Maybe I just couldn't put my finger on it, but that's exactly what it was. We watched a lot of – there was a lot of racing on telly and there was a lot of sport on telly and those classic movies, and that's kind of what's happening in our house now, apart from – bluey so
0: it, yeah, it, it yeah it works there's a reason why right like it just keeps cycling and then you know yeah. they'll your kids will do that and they'll just keep going up they'll continue to, the,
1: yeah strange light, uh, strange childhoods for my children's children
0: yeah I mean, who knows what they're going to be doing in like 30 no, we might be out of the pandemic by then maybe who yeah, knows yeah, um maybe. if now this relating to the music question before i don't know if this will be the same answer you might have a go-to for this one if you had to do karaoke what would you see
1: oh think? Something from Matchbox Twenty. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. Like, there you go. Rob
1: Thomas is so like you can really put on that that like accent. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Like it's yeah, a no, real wang when he sings. Yeah, yeah. Probably something from like Matchbox Twenty. And are like, they real still? Are like, they
0: still around? Like, have they released anything? Like, oh, he's old Rob and so. Matchbox? You know, like I
1: think Rob was. Like, Rob's a bit of a guru. Like, yeah. he might not be for you, but, or for anyone at home, but, no, you know, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think they're great karaoke songs. Which
0: yeah, is- no, well, I mean, but that's the thing, I think, with like, it's all well and good to have like your favorite artist, but there's a difference between a karaoke song, right? Because- oh, yeah.
1: No, no, no. You don't want to do your favorite artist for karaoke because then you yeah.
0: just. Not You're doing ruining them, it, it, you know Correct. exactly. Whereas a karaoke, like, absolutely, and it's also, I think, when you do a karaoke song, sometimes you realize, like, yeah, there's a reason why I'm not a singer, and these songs are hard to sing. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: but also you need to choose songs that like will get people like up and about, or that they know as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I reckon, about my sister-in-law, she does. She's taken to doing "Shallow" from "Um A Star Is Born" recently, right? For karaoke, and that's like it's great, but it's also like pretty depressing.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it's not the the most upbeat song, is it? The other
1: one that was good at her wedding recently was two guys who were absolute crackers they did that song there's a western song called wagon wheel have you ever heard i hadn't really no i oh, go look it up that's funny and there's actions to it so that's a good one for karaoke well, well. any Everyone song with like, actions oh, oh,
0: oh. Think, yeah wins wow okay i've got I'm, I'm liking this homework uh last question for you today now the question here is if you could be an olympian in any sport other than your own what would you choose we're going to choose this right now to if they if you could be an olympian in any sport right now you are an olympian are you going to be Doing the Marion Jones 100 meter still or is there another sport you'd like to give a crack to become an Olympian?
1: No good at team sports, so that's off the table for me. <laughs> um, can't look at a black line for hours on end, so swimming's off the table for me. I did a bit of diving as a kid, but, like, when I was doing, getting into, like, inward um, dives where you stand on the, you know, a People know what I'm talking about. You're seeing on the edge, looking back at the board and going in inward, I'd get terrified that I was going to bang my head on the board, which I never was going to do. Mm-hmm. So diving's off the chart, of the cards for me as well. So it'd have to be athletics. It would have to probably be like the 100 is like that gold medal kind of blue reband event. But yeah, I think in terms of like a spectacle, like we just keep circling back to Kathy. but the 400 is just, yeah, I think the 400 is, you know a, a, a great test of both endurance and also sprint capacity as well so
0: completely agree I i've got that. i've got to ask to quit oh and in and, and life agrees you're there too you've just got like a ding going on there the, yeah the you know what? Want- that's a
1: text from a producer at channel seven going can you revoice this opener for the weekend i'm not joking you which i will
0: wow yeah so they know we're talking about them basically. I mean I just wanted to quickly ask so I mean obviously, you know, I, I'm gonna put the connections between horse racing and equestrian because they've both got horses in it, so clearly the same thing. Um, ever been tempted to get involved in dressage at all? And like nah. it, do you even know what the fuck's going on in dressage?
1: Zero interest. Like I love Good. watching all it. Right. <laughs> A great appreciation for people who do it. But I have z- God, I sound I have zero talent in that area. Like I just I can appreciate it and um, it's so much hard work. It's also super expensive. It's just one of those sports that you've got to pour so much money and time and energy into. I've got a great friend who's um, back on her horse at the moment after having a couple of kids and, you know, she's, she's not Olympic standard um, dressage rider, but she's, um, you know, she's giving it a good crack and, geez, the travel and the time and the money and the effort that has to go into that is mm, something that Just doesn't appeal
0: to me at the moment. I'm going to get on the bottom to the bottom of that one day. Just what the hell they're doing with those, you know, oh yeah, and everything. It's yeah. There's a lot
1: going on. Was it um who was it that did the commentary? uh, Snoop Dogg um during Mm. the
0: and Kevin Hart, right? They yeah in the Tokyo Olympics
1: and they're like these horses are dancing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, they are. who bloody knows what's going on? exactly but any sport then when you got the legend that is andrew of winning medals at like what 62 or whatever he was in tokyo yeah, I, mean, I mean he's a
1: marvel he's just a marvel. insane
0: just insane yeah, emma I'm before like... we let you go for people who wish to stay up to date with what you've got going on in your life social media website where can people stay up to date with what oh, you're
1: doing i have a twitter but i haven't looked at it in eight years so don't go there i'm not joking you <laughs> People still I'm gonna tag look at me. it now.
0: See what you are thinking back in 2014. You're talking about the like Olympics, probably.
1: <laughs> honestly, like I don't use that. The only one I use is Instagram. So I think I'm. Am I? I don't. <laughs> I don't even have my
0: You're asking me. It, Hang on. Do I? I'll look this up for you. Don't it's worry. M,
1: it's. I think it's M <laughs> underscore Friedman or E M underscore or is it let's Emma? See here. Oh my god! I should know this.
0: Emma underscore Friedman. Okay, Emma underscore
1: Friedman is my Instagram and I don't use Facebook and I don't have a website. I'm pretty much technologically illiterate, so (laughs) I only can manage one thing. I have made myself sound like the world's biggest... Jerry like
0: you are an Essendon supporter Emma so like it's it's fine you're allowed to do that but uh, this has been a lot of fun i really appreciate oh, your time mate, and uh, learning about everything and it's always good to have a star on this show and not a celebrity
1: you're a joke mate i'll see you soon see you back here for Games. and a massive
0: thanks to Emma there for her time Fun chat. Dancing with the celebrities doesn't quite sound as good. Dancing with the stars. Emma's a star. And it's always fun to get people like Emma on the show who are maybe known for a little bit more outside of what they've done for the Olympics of course Emma from racing royalty family in Australia and really known for her coverage of a lot of racing events in Australia and just to learn a little bit more about her passion for the Olympics we had that last year of course when we had Lisa Stalica on the show of course a legend in Australian cricketing circles obviously wouldn't really get a chance to talk much about her Olympic passion so always good to be able to chat to people like Emma and Lisa about that and we obviously appreciate Emma's time on the show and learning a little bit more about her involvement in the Olympics so uh, a lot of fun to be had there we have a lot of fun to come of course when it comes on this show we have got some great interviews and great guests coming up but next week you are going to hear a clip show because you love clip shows and it's our biggest clip show yet it is the best of off the podium part 5 in our 250th episode how is that happening how are we at 250 episodes I have no idea so you are going to hear clips next week of every episode between 201 to 249. There's a bunch of great guests. And of course, all the coverage that we had of the Beijing Olympics. We had so much fun doing those Olympics earlier in the year that you will hear the best bits of those days. Of course, we covered every single day, except for one really, because some of us had COVID. So we had to take a day off in the middle of those Olympics, but a lot of fun to be had. And you also hear, of course, Some of those little moments that led to us just winning an award. We like to mention that every now and then. We are an award-winning podcast now. So, uh, of course, that will be next week in the best of Off the Podium Part five get excited get behind that if you like the show if you like what we're doing we appreciate your support hit us up on social media facebook instagram twitter and of course youtube as well to see video interviews with some of our guests and of course if you like the show too and never want to miss an episode you can subscribe to us on all the good podcast platforms simply search for off the podium wherever you get your podcast mash that subscribe button and while you're there why not leave some feedback we'd love to hear what you think of the show And as always, if you want us to get a guest, track down somebody on the show, there's a particular topic you'd like us to bring up in an episode when Jared and Colin join me, by all means, let us know. We love to hear from you. We love the feedback and we love the support that you give. So thank you for listening and that's how you get involved. Big thanks again to Emma. My name is Ben, of course. Shout out to Jason Momoa, as always. And remember, go left.